We play and call it work. Mini Wargamer Dave here from MiniWarGaming.com. Welcome, Wargamers, to the Shrine of Chaos. Today, very special guest. You know his voice, and you may have seen him before as well. We have Carl Tuttle from the Independent Characters Podcast. How's it going, Carl? Excellent. Thanks for having me on again. I appreciate it. I feel I feel honored to be asked back. It's so. a it's a pleasure talking to you always. Uh, and the stuff that you do it fascinates me. Uh, I love I love the, what you do to, for the community. I, I believe is uh, needed and uh, it's it's perfect. Uh, podcast. Oh, I, I listen to podcasts all the time, and it got me inspired to do many things. One of which is listening to Black Library books, uh, which your podcast helped me to do that. Uh, oh, thanks. And so, just so everyone knows, if you want to check out Carl's stuff, independentcharacters.com. Links in this post, you'll see it. Uh, and so, check it out. If you haven't heard of him already, uh, he is the largest, one of the largest, if not the largest. I don't know the numbers. I just know that you have a massive yeah. podcast uh, for 40K, uh, specifically. We've done quite well. We've yeah. done quite well for ourselves. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where I stand against other people now, but I'm, <clears throat> it's exceeded any expectations I ever had, and uh, we have just a great community. Uh, honestly, if it were, if it were a community of fifty people that were all like as in tune as this community is, I'd be happy with fifty people. But it's it's considerably larger than that. So, yeah, uh, but fantastic. So. Okay, so talking about some stuff, because it's been a while since I talked to you, maybe six months or so ago. Oh, maybe, uh, yeah, three, three or four, I think. Is it You're a busy guy. You're a busy guy. You do, I see the interviews come up all the time, so I know it probably <laughs> seems like six months. It's probably because you've done it seems like a while. interviews since we talked, yeah. It has been a while, and I got a five-second memory, so I'm not going to. Uh, <laughs> so questions then, uh, in terms sure. of the game, because I know that the way in which uh, you and, and your your circle of friends approach the game is uh, is unique and different, and very much my style, which is yeah. you look yeah, yeah. at it for the fun factor, what inspires you, what do you like to play with, and so um, for the ninth edition stuff, I don't think I've actually talked to you about the new ninth edition stuff or the new no. base rings and necrons and stuff. So no, first no, and no. foremost, where are you at? with the new stuff uh, that's well um yeah i mean obviously covid has had an impact on uh some of our 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 play time uh so i haven't played nearly as much as i would like to uh, my buddy doug and i uh started our crusade lists and uh played a game um of crusade i love the way ninth edition is playing Again, <clears throat> I'm probably not the guy that's going to find all the cracks and crevices in rules and, and, and exploit them, but I am very, very excited about the Crusade system in yes. particular. Um, it does put some rules around your your narrative pieces of it a bit, um, yep. and then sometimes they feel initially a little constraining, but I actually like some of that. Uh, I like the fact that I have a huge Sisters of Battle army that I'm starting to assemble. Nice. And as usual, I go out and buy everything for it. And then I'm like, oh, my God, look at all these boxes and all these spruce. What have I done to myself? And as I went through and began assembling stuff, I was like, you know what? Stop what I'm doing. I should focus on just a crusade list and just build to that list and then grow from there even though i have all this stuff already like it can be such a daunting project when you have a, a huge amount of stuff like how am i going to get all this done but if i can break it off into bite-sized chunks and having a 50 power level list yeah i said power level yep. um <laughs> yep. having a, having a 50 power level list uh that i can then 
start as my core list and then build up and paint as I go really interests me. Like yes. interests me a lot. And, <laughs> you know, I think it's actually very wise of GW to create the system because, uh, you know, it gets, it gets new people into the hobby. It's not yeah. overly daunting. They can start with a start collecting box. I think it's actually done by design that way. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cause it's pretty close to 25 power ish. Uh, for those boxes, maybe a little give or take. Yeah. Uh, and then you add on to those with the extra boxes. And uh, I love that you started talking about Crusade because literally tomorrow, the first episode of the Crusade campaign that I just finished with uh, oh, nice. Scari, where I was playing Orcs, he was playing Yanari. And uh, so I just had gotten off of a Crusade campaign and ah, how, it's my so favorite how, thing. How, how much did your force grow over that, over the, the course of that campaign? Like, did you start yes. at 50? And... Yes. Okay. So I started with 50 and, okay. uh, first few games, you know, we used 25 and then 35 power and so forth, but uh, right. it eventually grew to 70, 70. Okay. Yeah. Uh, cause you know, we spent the requisition points to grow it a little bit by a little bit, uh, yeah. five at a time. One time it was a jump in 10 power just because there was a certain unit I wanted to bring gotcha. in. Gotcha. There was a battle wagon. I think it was, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, actually no, it was storm boys. Because I wanted to bring 10 Storm Boys, and it was more than 5 power for that. Uh, and, and it got me playing a different army, too, which was cool. Because I'm yeah. always playing Chaos or Blood Angels. But playing the Orcs, I've always told myself, if I'm going to play Xenos, Orcs is going to be, be Orcs. Army. Yeah, 100%. And, yeah. A friend of mine, uh, one of our one of, one of my guests, uh, Jody, is... Um, he's just moved again and he's like, you know, I have all these board games. I have all these armies. I don't play some, I'm going to pare some of this stuff down. And he's talking about selling his orcs. And I was like, Oh, Oh, are you? And I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? (laughs) I already have armies. I don't play. So I'm kind of backing off, but the orcs have an appeal to me, uh, that I could see why you would find them in particular, uh, interesting to play. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, the, the other thing, too, that uh, that I noted was, I mean, we created our own narrative, right? Which yeah. was just, you know, there's this webway gate uh, in that, you know, the Yunari coming through because they, they are in search of their, uh, they have they have their own narrative in general, which is they're searching right. for, uh, forget what it is. Yeah, they're, they're soul stones. Something, something <laughs> like that, yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Scary knows the exact name, but they were searching for something. They came out of the webway gate, and wouldn't, wouldn't you know, this planet that was once theirs is now infested with orcs. Orc, orc infested. <laughs> Right, and so orcs are like, oh, oh. when you when you don't tend to your garden, right? There you it's go. Gonna, it's gonna grow out of control, <laughs> like the moss that they are. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. It's perfect, right? So they're like, okay, who are these guys? Who, who are these? And so the orcs, you know, they get curious, and then they go over and they see if they're if they want to fight just for fun, you know. Hey, hey, let's fight because you know let, we're orcs and we like to fight. And the Unari are like, no, 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 oh, oh, okay, this is bad. And, you know, we, we want this, and so uh, that's kind of where it started. And then the missions are so good because. We actually tied ask. we tied the missions in to the narrative, uh-huh, uh-huh. and sometimes we'd roll randomly to see which uh, mission we'd use, and then we yeah. would just tailor the mission or tailor the narrative to the mission to make it yeah. make sense. Yeah, yeah. My so my fir- my first crusade game uh, against my buddy Doug was. Um, it's not Doug Johnson that we both know. It's uh, oh another Doug Doug, Doug, Doug Neal. Uh, <clears throat> my first game against him, I ended up losing. Because I just took my eye like off the objectives, you know, and and it was one of those things where we were trying to. I don't remember the exact mission, but there were six objectives on the table, and you you would uh, 
hold them at the end of your turn and you'd get points. And, and in a idiot move, I pulled guys off of an objective. I would have scored thinking I could knock him off an objective, which I didn't even need to do. I should have just stayed on the objective. I'd have been fine, yeah. but I got caught up in the bloodlust, you know? Yeah. Oh, I totally <laughs> That's get always that. my failing, my yeah. failing part. Yep. Yeah, no, I'm totally the same way. And there's a lot of, I want to call it restraint. You got to extra, especially in ninth edition in general with the objectives yeah. and the missions, right? There's like so yeah. many times I just want to rush forward and kill stuff in close combat. That's the, yes. that's the best that's thing. That's the part I enjoy, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's... I think, I think that's also possibly why uh, I don't, I don't care about winning and losing so much. Right. Uh, because as long as I got in there and got to kill a bunch of stuff, I'm having a good time. It, yeah. I think the games that frustrate me the most are the ones where it's like, you don't accomplish anything. Like you, you're not killing anything. And then I'm like, ah, you know, that didn't feel like that was fun. Whether the win or lose, I can lose a game like I did in this last one and still feel like I killed a lot of your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't win the objectives. I should have focused on those, but yeah. uh, we had a good time. So that was what really mattered. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I have the exact same philosophy when it comes to playing. Like uh, yeah. if I'm losing objective wise in my mind, I'm like, okay, as long as Karn kills something, or yeah. two or I, three, then there you go. Right. Like I used, I used to be like that when I played world leaders, <laughs> I used to, as long as I can throw Karn at that time at a land raider or something. Cause that was all when he would, uh, he was, they had monstrous creatures and monstrous creatures did more damage and so he could tear open vehicles like nobody's business back yes. in the day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's when, yeah, he was fun to unleash. <laughs> you know, I propose that they, they make a special world eaters, uh, primary <laughs> slash secondary objective where if they kill stuff, then they get victory points for killing stuff, you know, just to straight up kill points. Yeah, I yeah. did. I did really like the, uh, eight, asymmetrical uh objectives that you could have like we had secret objectives and that kind of thing and uh, i found that to be really really nice inclusion in, in the in the narrative pieces that we were working with um as you know i play thousand suns primarily so mm -hmm. it was like um and he, he was playing guard in this particular game so you know of course i don't want to you know, he's going to pick you know if i kill a psyker yeah. You know, that's a, yeah, I'm like, why would you not pick that as an objective in this particular case? Yeah, of um, course. Yeah. As he looks over at my group, he says, which of these units are all psych are psychers? And I said, everything but these guys. <laughs> 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 that's it. Everything that's it. else is a psyker. Yeah. Oh, all right. Oh, yeah. You're taking that, you're taking that one, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's, you know, that I, it's funny because, I actually, I mean, I'm in, I'm really enjoying in general. I'm enjoying Ninth Edition a lot, uh, mm -hmm. and I like the the secondaries. Uh, I like the idea of them because it makes it so no matter what army you bring, you yeah. still have a there's some thought that goes into how can I get some more points. It's not just okay, it's impossible for me to win because you're just going to shoot me off the table type deal, right? Yeah. It's like okay, yeah. there's some thought that goes into that, uh, which is neat. Oh, you got vehicles? All right, bring it down. All right, that's what the I'm other doing. the other interesting thing about the. Um, the narrative missions uh, is I know almost all of them are attacker defender. You determine who the attacker is, you determine who the defender is, and then you have different setups based on those kinds of things. Uh, whereas, you know, your typical tournament mission doesn't rely on attacker defender. It's just two forces who goes first. Yes. And then you go. Um, so they really did a lot of 
a lot of work on the missions. And I can tell. And, you know, what was interesting is back when I was a play tester for this, uh, I remember Robin Credis, <clears throat> who kind of spearheads that whole thing, sent us an email and it was in and I remember it distinctly was an email that was like, um, what is your favorite mission and what is your favorite type of mission and why? And I wrote this huge document that was like, I like this mission from this book and this mission from the seventh ed book and this one from this fifth ed. And here's why I like this. And this is the kind of thing I look for in missions. And, and I think what they were getting at was at that point, um, the crusade pieces and how do we how do we make these missions fun um, it, it, while being fair, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and so I felt <clears throat> of all the feedback I gave on various codexes and, uh, you know, books that came out, um, that was a piece of feedback that I was like more than happy to spend a lot of time writing a, a huge document to send back to them and why I thought these were great missions and options. So that must have been when you read Crusade when it came out. That must have been like just a big. I I, I did not. <clears throat> I didn't. Oh oh yeah yeah. After out, post post the fact. Now I don't know if any of my specific notes made it into that. But seeing Crusade as a whole, I was like, this is exactly what I've been wanting yeah. for a long time. And uh, and it, and it really, I really love the fact that they pay as much attention to that if not a little more uh than they do to just basic playing right uh of of the game right. um so yeah i i, I don't I, again i don't know i don't know that it might the document i wrote had a tremendous amount of influence or did not um i do know i felt really good about writing it and being asked you know what do you think and and i could articulate very well like here's what i like about these missions and why i think they're interesting yeah <clears throat> i you know, I think because like with AOS, they have uh, Path of Glory and yeah. many years ago they had Path of Glory for yeah. 40K, but they didn't yeah. expand it in the same way that they did for AOS. They didn't put it, right. make it every single army could do it. Uh, and I think Crusade really is the equivalent. It's got to be because it's every army yeah. can participate. They're really focusing on it. They make it so you can get into the game easily, which is the idea behind Path of Glory. Uh, and it it's different because... Uh, there's a that internal balancing where if you have more crusade points than your opponent, then your opponent yeah. gets extra command points in the game. I like that because then the player who has less command points, they don't feel like they're they like they get an advantage in the game, right? So it's not like yeah. they feel like, oh man, I'm gonna go up against a you know, a more experienced army. It's like, okay, cool. Yeah. I got a whole yeah, yeah. bunch more. Uh, and so that played a big factor, big factor in our campaign that we did. It's like, uh, I won't say who had what because I don't want to give it away. Cause yeah, don't don't spoil it. Uh, but I'll, it was I'll awesome. Watch it. All I'll know is that like that, that played Scarry a big part. In, is he up in your area? Yeah, he's, yeah, a couple hours away. He lives. Oh, I didn't realize. I didn't realize. Yeah, he yeah. yeah, came into the to, studio. I'm supposed to come over there, but I don't want to get on a plane right now. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever the border opens. Uh, Someday. Yeah, they will, first off, they won't let me in. <laughs> <Second off. laughs> probably rightfully so I, I you know it's probably personal actually you know that I think about it <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah I guess you could always get on a you know rowboat and just go up the west coast or something S slip slip across the border yeah something like um that. 
Yeah, I, you know, I, I, uh, I'm actually I'm looking forward to watching that now that you've you said it's it's coming out. So, um, I just I really enjoy a spread of missions. I, I still keep like the old. Um, I'm trying to think of what the missions were called in uh, seventh. They they put out a couple books that were just missions, and you have three missions for each faction. Um, Altar of War. I Altar think of War, yeah, yeah. Or Echoes of War, Altar of War. One of <clears> I still keep those, right? Because yeah. it, with a very little adjustment, you can make that a usable mission in any edition. 100%. You know, it's yes. totally irrelevant. Yeah. And uh, the more material you have to draw from, especially for narrative pieces, the better, right? And when you, you say just... material, do you mean like uh, uh, like mechanics for missions? Or Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, so I, I still use those books. Like those ones are still on my shelf. Where the rest of like my sixth and seventh ed stuff is all packed up or tossed. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, those are books that I think are invaluable. Yeah, I agree. And and it's funny you should say that because I've kept a lot of the stuff from the previous editions for that exact reason. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, you know, it, it's one thing to make up stuff based on previous experience, but it's another to yeah. alter something that already exists and to make it fit. Super super easier right yeah oh yeah. yeah much easier to do yeah a lot less thinking involved <laughs> yeah yeah and then you can put thoughts into okay so now that i have this how can i like build the table how can i make the terrain in such a way where sure you know, you know um back in the day uh there was a warhammer fantasy supplement that came out called uh border skirmishes i think and I bought the PDF through like the Apple store. And it was interesting because it was a way of tying three missions together mm -hmm. that were these like border skirmishes. This is the old world. So it was along, you know, kind of borders and stuff. And you would have kind of rules for how you would move from mission to mission. And that was something um, we had always talked about maybe taking and making a 40K version of. But now I kind of feel like it's almost not really necessary anymore. Are you talking about like the hexagonal mighty empire tile? No, or no, no. different. It, okay. Yeah, it was a supplement that came out, and I, I want to say it was really called Skirmish or Border Skirmish or something like that. I'll send it over to you later, and I, I don't think it's even in print anymore, but because you bought it digitally, if I, I bought it through like the Apple App Store, like I still have it. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, but it was, it was really about tying three games together into, uh, you know, okay, player A wins game one. So player B gets X in game two, and and it was it was really kind of a cool little system they had developed, and they never really expanded on it much. But I love that kind of stuff. No, you're talking about Mighty Empires, the the hexes, and then um, yeah. uh, the the planetary empires was the that's what it was, yeah, forty k one. Um, and I actually have like three sets of each of those. I kind of like a garage sale. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. So I mean, at some point, I'd love to use those for something. It's actually a shame they stopped doing that system. Uh, that was a really great, like, plastic system for yes. that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, Garage sale. It's, <laughs> it's funny because one time my mother-in-law, this is like 13 years ago, she bought some Warhammer models, 40K models, chaos-specific, chaos characters. Yeah. Uh, independent characters at the time, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. And she bought it for five bucks because the person didn't know what they were selling. And they were all, like, unpainted and... Uh, we're talking. How much are the characters? They're like fifteen, twenty dollars each, right? Yeah, and, probably back then. Yeah, yeah now back, they're twenty five, thirty. Now, now they're more, right? And it was a whole like uh, tackle box full of them, and not just oh that, but gosh. like Chaos Space Marines too. And I'm like, oh my goodness, totally. And it's funny. She brought it in. She's like, Dave, I got these from a garage sale. Do you think you could use them? Like, it's my specific arm. It's my army, right? Uh, yeah. And all this stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, I could definitely use this stuff. Oh my goodness! Wow, hit the jackpot there. 
Uh, it doesn't so get any better than that. It does. I have yet to come across that kind of, of find at, at a uh, at a garage sale. But we have here, um, well, at least we had uh, up until uh, we've all kind of sequestered ourselves. Was um, uh, local game stores would do like a flea market, and so you could come in and sell stuff at the game store. Um, and so for a lot of time, like I go in there looking for terrain, looking for, mm. but people are unloading all kinds of stuff usually at that, that kind of, and you can get some good deals. And of course, some people want too much for a certain thing, but, yeah. um, but you know, I, I love that kind of thing where you can kind of haggle over prices and talk about it and, and, well, I don't really need this, but if it, the price were right, I would grab it, you know, love that stuff. So, uh, just for a sec, just going back to the crusade, have you yeah. played a crusade campaign yet or no? We, we just started one, our first game. Oh, really? Okay, so like yeah, yeah, yeah. within the week, like you just... Uh, uh, two weeks ago. Two, a couple weeks, yeah. Okay, yeah. so yeah. it's like one mission. You've done one game so far. One mission so far. Okay, cool. So, and part of that was too, that was probably my third game of ninth edition, to be honest with oh, you. Oh, wow. Again, we're pretty pretty isolated at the moment. Um, yeah. <clears throat> we have a bubble of people that uh, we do socialize with. And we kind of keep it to within that bubble. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we have guys that, that uh, one particular member of our group, like this is kind of his specialty, like this kind of disease stuff. And so he's super reluctant to be involved in anything. You yeah. know, um, we have people who've had uh, uh, coworkers pass away. Um, and so they're super reluctant to get involved. So I listen, I get it. You know, you be safe. Right. Um and hopefully we come out of this soon and I get to play a lot more than I have. But so I've been kind of buckling down and just assembling models and kind of thinking about uh, Crusade and how, how do I want to grow this sister's force and that kind of thing. So <clears throat> talk about your sisters for a second there. Uh, you said yeah. you bought a bunch of stuff. Uh, what do you have in the sister's army so far? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, uh, painted. Let's pull... start with the painted stuff. Zero. Okay, nothing like, painted. Okay, yeah, I'm, right. purely, I'm purely in the assembly phase at this moment. Um, and I got to tell you the, uh, oh, what is it? The, uh, I'm flubbing the name right now, but the, um, the, the tank built on the rhino chassis with the flamers, immolator. Um, immolator. the immolator, yep. I, th as I just described it, there is what I thought it was going to be. Uh -huh. I don't know if you've assembled one of those kits, never assembled one of those kits. Holy God, those <laughs> kits, Dave. <laughs> Those kits have so much detail and so many fine components. And it, it, I can assemble a Rhino, no joke, without the treads on it, 20 minutes. Like, okay. not yeah. a problem. Yeah. I thought, oh, I'm going to assemble this thing. Cool. Then I'll, maybe I'll do the second one. It took me like three hours to assemble this thing. Really? It has so much detail on it and so many fine parts. There. <laughs> It's there's literally where the person sits who's controlling the 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 flamers um, <clears throat> or melted guns or whatever you want to put on there. Uh, you know the sister's sitting there, so you have to assemble the sister, obviously. Yeah. And and you know okay, you make the hands line up with the controls or whatever, but then even to the side of them, there's other little like gear shift levers that are just like the tiniest pieces you've ever, have you ever assembled anything from uh, Necromunda? Any of the, uh, one of the big complaints in Necromunda with the, uh, the um, 
Goliath gang is there's one guy that comes with a cigar and everybody always clips the cigar yes. off the thing and then it's gone. Yes. You know, where did it go? Yeah. So the trick to that is you keep it on the sprue. Mm-hmm. You use the guy's head. You put a dab on the on the cigar and you put the guy's head on the cigar. That's then right. you clip the cigar off. These are pieces that are that tiny. And then I'm trying with my fat fingers, trying to, <laughs> to, to put the gear shift in there. I'm having to use like, uh, you know, uh, uh, tweezers and, and all this stuff to get it lined up right. This is an intricate, intricate model. And it's gorgeous. I yeah. mean, and then not only that, you know, then there's the, the stained glass, which is the clear plastic. So you don't want to put that on because you want to do that with, you know, uh, uh, to me a you know color inks or something and it's like <laughs> i did not realize the complexity of 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 the emulator as i started assembling it and i assembled one and i was like i need a i need a break from this i'm gonna i think i'm just gonna assemble some sisters for a little bit and, and that was where i was starting to like assemble sisters and assemble characters and then i'm like wait a minute Let's build you a crusade list. That way I'm not yeah. just like, oh, I think I'll assemble this. And then I wind up with this disparate thing. Yeah. Let me get something I can get on the table quickly. Right. And 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 then begin to play with. Now, <clears throat> I am a lot of my group is like I don't paint I don't play with unpainted models. Okay. Uh, I am I I obviously play with a lot of painted models. I have commission painted a lot of stuff. I had stuff commission painted rather. Yeah. Um uh I have painted armies myself. Um, but I am somebody who I'm fine with getting something out there that's not completely painted mm-hmm. uh, as long as it's in the progress. Like I, I continue to make progress each time it hits the table and it's getting better looking and and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so some of my some of my co-players may not agree with me on that one, but tough. <laughs> you know? I mean, you're just uh, playing amongst yourselves, right? You're not recording it yeah. or anything, right? Yeah. No, 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 no. If I were recording or, or, or shooting something for the podcast or something like that, I'd use a fully painted army. I yeah. Have. Um, but, uh, I come to think of it, I haven't played with a fully unpainted army in, in a very long time. Uh, but my sisters might be the first ones that I do that with just to see like how the, it's such a different army than what I'm used to. I'm used to space Marine armor, you know, on my chaos guys, I'm used to, you know, demons and, and whatnot. Um, so this plays very, very different than something I'm I'm used to. So I'm probably, and I'm not somebody that can read through a codex and say, oh, this is a good unit. I should use this. And this is a great, and I see how these will work together. I have to get out there and get my face punched in a few times and go, oh, those don't work very well that way. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm using these wrong. Um, that's just how I learn. Yeah. So. No, it, I agree. Yeah. Learn through pain. Live by, you learn by dying. <sighs> yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. And, so. you know, on the... Uh, using units and knowing yeah. what's good and not for, for myself i i mean i'm similar in that like I, I can't i'm not able to look at a codex and be like okay these are the best and these are the best combinations optimized like I, that's not how my brain works right i just think yeah man uh that looks like it would be a, a lot of fun so i uh, agree i'm gonna bring that uh whether it's good or not on the tabletop is secondary but but take for example my thousand sons like that was the approach i took with my thousand sons i'm somebody who believes a chaos space marine army has to have chaos space marines in it right. like not not it's not a it's not a chaos cult army with a couple space marines it's a you know a, a traitor astartes army right yep. so my first my first games with my thousand sons were 
okay, I'm going to take this 10-man unit of Rubric Marines. I'm going to take this other 10-man unit of Rubric Marines. I'm going to do this, that, or the other thing. And I got... I got, you know, pretty, pretty stomped pretty regularly until I realized I need something that can screen these guys. Mm. And maybe 10 of these guys is a bit much in one unit. That's expensive unit. Mm. And what if I, what if I took it down to five guys in each unit and then Zangors might be a good thing to absorb a little bit of this damage. So now when I play thousand Suns, I do have a lot of actual thousand Suns out there. Mm -hmm. If not, terminator thousand sons as well right rubric uh uh scarab occult terminators yeah. but um but i throw in i throw in some units that can help absorb cheaply the punches that they're gonna take yeah you know? yeah for sure but it's but it's all very thematic like every yeah. one of on my lists is all very thematic with that and, and do i win everything no but uh i i i can punch you in the nose a lot before i go down <laughs> you know cast a couple of powers <laughs> What yeah. do you what do you uh, for your thousand sons? Uh, do you have a demon prince leading it or a sorcerer? Exalted uh, sorcerer? In my in my fifty uh, power level list, uh, which was the one I just used in the um, in the game I just played, I do have a demon prince, and I do have a sorcerer, an exalted sorcerer, um, and then <laughs> what's which is what's typical for me is it's a boy it's a good thing i don't play tournaments because it would be all kinds of drama but what's typical for me is i rocked up to the table and i'm like okay so let's you know put out things and i'm like putting out my units and my buddy doug goes you get all that for 50 power level and i'm like yeah <laughs> and i go let me double check <laughs> like so i go to my excel sheet you know where i've calculated i have it all calculating out and i look and then i look at the equation i go um I'm missing a, a two lines here. The calculator. Oh, so I'm at seventy power level, not fifty. <laughs> well, let me let me pull some of these things out of this, you know. But I'm glad he caught it before yeah. we started. It would have been number one, I think. First off, number one, I probably still would have lost, and then I'd feel really bad because I lost with even twenty more power, <laughs> level, which tends to be the case. And number two, number two, if if I had won, I think he would have come away going, man, how come? This my army's terrible, and look at how much he has for this. Right. Uh, that's never a good, a good situation. But um, I'm glad he caught it. Uh, I am famously known for having uh, accidentally having an extra vindicator in my list that I didn't pay for uh, in a game that I televised, like like broadcast and uh, against Ed from Life After the Cover Safe, and uh, oh, I still Ro lost. Ed. Yeah. yeah, I still lost the game. Like, don't get... <laughs> I still lost the game. And it wasn't until my next opponent, uh, like a couple weeks later, and they're like, wow, you know, I think you've got too many points on it. And I, well, let's check. And I looked, I'm like, oh my God. You know, as, as I was building the list, I was taking things out, putting things in, taking mm -hmm. things out. And I accidentally left in something that I didn't calculate, which was a vindicator. And, uh, and so I pulled it out and I go, oh my God, this means that playing against Ed, I totally had an extra vindicator and I still lost. <laughs> you know? I'm like, oh man. You know, um, so, uh, so anyway, like that kind of became a running joke on the show for a while. This was several years ago. That kind of became a running joke to the point where if you remember in seventh edition, they had formations and all mm. these things. And one of the things about Marines was they uh, could get certain vehicles free. Like, oh, if you do yes. all this, you get a free Rhino yes. or you do this, you get free drop, drop pods. pods yes. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. So space wolves. Uh, yeah. So Adam uh, Loopy uh, from uh, Masters of the Forge, uh, he created a fictional formation uh, called. Um, I don't remember if it was called. It's called the something Tuttlecus. Because I always used to joke out with uh, with Aaron Dinsky Bound that he should write me into one of his books, and I would just be uh, you know space marine named Carlos Tuttlecus. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he, he, go, he goes, "That's the worst name I've ever heard." I go, okay, okay. Uh, I go, "I can die. That's fine." You know. Uh, so um, I can die. <laughs> so uh, he had written this like Tuttlecus. Uh, uh, formation. It was like the uh, I can't remember what he what he titled it, but it was just a joke, and it was like, oh, you get these free vindicators if you take this <laughs> formation, and it got out. Like the thing spread around the internet, and we'd see it on Reddit, and people would be like, this is baloney that GW's doing this, and they shouldn't be, you know, oh, it's so broken, and and we're like, it's a joke, guys. <laughs> But it looked really real. Like he had done a really good job on it. Yeah. So, oh, it's pretty man. funny. That's good nice. stuff. Did he like make the like, you know how like in the formation, there's like a little bit of a narrative and then there's the rules for the formation. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. He wrote the whole thing. Oh, wow. Wrote the whole thing. So um, that had made its kind of way around for a while. Um, but so I'm famously known for accidentally. Look, if you're playing me, double check my list. I'm just going to tell you right now. Just please <laughs> double check my list. It's not intentional. I, you know, I'm just math is hard. <laughs> I'm looking at some of the comments, and they're saying now I am ADB books. I'll be looking for Tulkus. You'll never find it. You'll never find it. He he shut me down on that one real fast. <laughs> real fast. Like he said, that's the dumbest name I've ever heard. Like I think those were actually his his words. <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, maybe you know. Oh, I have friends. I have friends that have been named in books, though. Yeah. yeah, there are other, other, yeah, other, uh, other um, uh, previous Games Workshop employees that that I know. Uh, uh, in particular, one of my friends, uh, Ed, um, his actual full name is is Edwin, like E A D W I N E, uh, and um, if you look in um, Dan Abnett's uh latest gaunt's ghosts stuff there is a space marine in there that is named i think sergeant edwin mm. and that's named after after him so cool. like with the spelling and everything yeah 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 <clears throat> hey, you get away with it when you have an english name like that i don't think you get away with it with adding icus to anybody's name <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh all right so we're going to switch gears here for a sec we're going to do sure. uh, chaos comment bomb okay so uh, for those of us who are tuning in right now who are not sure what this is, this is what this is. Uh, I'm going to post a link to a YouTube video in the chat, and that'll uh, bring you to a YouTuber. Uh, here, let me see. I got it right One here. of my favorites. So we got this beforehand. It was Carl's suggestion that we yeah. uh, that we do this. I'm just going to post it here. I'll post it a few times so it's unquestionable. <laughs> All right, so this will bring you to Goober Town's <laughs> video. Yeah. Uh, his latest one, his painting roulette grand finale, uh, Q3 2020. Uh, that was posted he's, just a few days ago. He's incredibly talented and Absolutely. just all around great guy. And uh, I, I love his videos. I love the stuff he does. Um, 
yeah, just a super nice guy. And, and really the more attention you can give that guy, the better he's, he, he really does help out a lot of people. Agreed. hundred percent agree. And, uh, for the chaos comic bomb, just leave a comment on his video. could be something like Dave and Carl say hi from the shrine of chaos, <laughs> or it could be, uh, chaos bomb. Chaos Bob. Uh, whatever it is, maybe ask him a scientific question and then he can answer it. Uh, there you go. Yeah, actually, it's funny. I had this thought the other day uh, and I asked him, it was a scientific question. It was because uh, I saw this tutorial on this guy who made this cool orc terrain and he used bark. He found bark yeah. on the street, right? And oh, then he, yeah. He dehydrated it, sanitized it, and then he used it. And I'm like, hmm, I mean, that's interesting. Is it necessary, though, even though he did it? Right. So I, I asked Goobertown and so he gets back to me. He's like, well, I mean, it doesn't hurt to do it. Is it necessary? That's questionable. What are you afraid of? Yeah. <laughs> what are you afraid that's going to do for you uh, or it's due to you? Right. And so that was basically what he said. Right. He's like, do it if you want to. But at the end of the day, if you don't, it's probably not going to hurt you. Right. 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 I do remember um, the guys that used to run, uh, there was an old podcast called Dice Like Thunder back in the day. And then they changed their podcast name to, I, I don't remember what they changed it to. But at one point, one of them was trying to build like a Tyranid Bio-Titan using like crab shells and <laughs> like actual. Like real. Like actual crustacean oh, stuff. Oh, wow. And I'm like, how are you going to seal that so that doesn't smell <laughs> like <laughs> awful? <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. And I think, I think he abandoned it, the idea, shortly after starting it. But <laughs> I applaud the, the – I mean, I'll bet you there is a way. There's got to be a way, right? You glaze that or something, and then you could somehow do something with it. There has to be. Like, What, what, if, you, what if you just put it in a bucket of bleach? Like, would that not work? I, I don't know. I mean, it's got to be something like taxidermy tools or some, or, or a, a, a resin layer you put over it or something i don't know yeah i don't know but i love the idea no, the idea is cool for sure yeah it's just i don't know how you get past the smell <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would uh. yeah oh, i'm putting cool. my bio titan on the table you win i'm yeah. out <laughs> <laughs> oh the smell got me okay yeah 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 it's like the chuck norris like okay you put him on the table he wins every battle so your uh, your um, your channel and everything seems to be doing quite well. Uh, you still enjoying it and having a good time? With just like making videos and bat reps? Yeah. And, oh, yeah. I, could, yeah. I could think of worse jobs. I, I can think of worse jobs too. Yes. Uh, but no, to answer your question, it's uh, it's it's great. It's fantastic. Uh, I mean, I'm certainly, I know, I recognize I'm fortunate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Every day I'm grateful for the support from viewers. How is... How is the the studio and 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 gameplay facility you've built? How is it doing? Kind of in this area of kind of tightened, you know, uh, stay at home, be careful kind of thing. How how are you guys doing? Is you're you still having people come in, or is it shut down for the time being? Or well, it's actually because it's classified as a hotel, people can still come in. Oh, right. And people have come in <clears throat> since, yeah. uh, but they are separate from us like they're they are in the gaming hall just by themselves everything is spaced gotcha. and everything and you know hand sanitizing, uh, sanitizing yeah, yeah. pump stations and whatnot and so they keep to themselves uh and so that is still happening a little bit uh but we're mostly just for now focusing on content because yeah. of that right yeah uh, yeah and so it, i think that's safe yeah yeah i mean that's kind of what it's always been anyway 
and it, yeah. it just makes sense for the time. Kind of gets being. you back to your roots a little bit too, right? Yeah, like a, not a, that you've know. ever deviated too far from that mission. Like you guys have been kind of on that same track the whole time. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Like we, I mean, it's if anything, it's kind of forced us to kind of reevaluate everything about what we're doing because sure even like the efficiencies and uh, you know where our time is spent and what we're focusing on and stuff that we're creating and the impact that it's having and the interaction that people are having with it and uh so it's because of the downtime that we had which was two to three months about that uh we were you know everyone worked from home everyone still worked they just worked from home yeah and uh it was you know we experimented with remote battle reports and so we were doing that for a bit and uh reaching out to other channels and collaborating with them and in fact that was kind of like uh probably around the time that i started to really do interviews with the shrine of chaos i think you were you were one of the first uh yeah it was just a few months ago that i started that yeah yeah Uh, yeah and people seem to like the new format right where it's 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 very much inspired by joe rogan because yeah. uh, he, you know, he's got a different guest on all the time, and it's a long form. We're just kind of yeah. talking about stuff that we we like in the hobby, and uh, getting different channels, different personalities on, and getting painters and authors and uh, players and competitive players and narrative yeah. players and podcasters, like uh, kind of like the whole gamut of the people in the industry. Is I found it really fascinating, just because it's all the same hobby. There's different facets of the hobby, and people approach it differently. And people have varying degrees which they participate in the hobby. Sure. And like the they some, have different things they enjoy out of it. Right? Yeah. Like some yeah. painters that never play, right? Yeah. Or, or players that barely paint, uh, or guys who are just into the hobby or the lore rather. They're just like that's yeah. all they're into and they love it. It's crazy how like I, I think about this constantly. It is crazy how deep that hole goes with this hobby in particular. You know. Um, uh, we can have conversations about the lore that will last, you know, hundreds of hours yes. and, and debate certain things about that. And that's just the lore component of it. I mean, mm-hmm. it, when you think about the volume of books they put out, uh, black library, now, like I used to be able to keep up with all of it. You know, I'm a fast reader. I could jam through it all. There is no way. There's just no way it's I can keep up with all that. Yeah, it's yeah. too much. Um, not the, not too much in a bad sense. It's just too much to keep up with on right. an individual basis. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it was funny. I saw it was on Reddit or something, and it was like a, a kind of a meme, but it was like a chat back and forth between somebody, and it was you know like on a phone, and it was uh, well, tell me tell me about the Primarchs and and why they fell to chaos, and the guy's like, oh, okay. And then it's a, it's a, you know how you can do like a, um, audio clip and record something and then somebody can just hear what you say. It was like a nine hour audio clip. (laughs) There's like the little timer that says nine hours and it's like, oh, hang on a minute. And then nine hours later, an hour Um, each, right? (laughs) Because it's just so deep. Like you can just go so far in any, any of what we call the pillars of the hobby, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the modeling, the painting, the, the, the collecting, the, the playing and, and the, and the, uh, you know, the lore, I mean, and all of it ties together so well, it truly is an incredible and unique brand, mm-hmm. um, that has a strength that you don't see in a lot of other brands. Right. Um, 
Yeah, it's 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 very interesting. And I think the other thing that's interesting about it is um, just how much. Um, and I don't want this to sound negative, but like how much criticism it comes under, you know, it's like it's like we uh, I, I we, we joke here that nobody hates 40K like the people who love 40K, <laughs> you know, and, and it, <clears throat> uh, recently True. there was a whole thing about um, uh, Cyberpunk 2077 getting delayed till December. It's a video game mm-hmm. getting delayed till December. And I've already pre-ordered the game. Like, I'm super excited about it. I used to play Cyberpunk 2020, the role-playing game and all this stuff. Uh, it got delayed, and then they got, like, death threats <laughs> because they delayed the game. And pe- the vitriol was so high. And I was I was kind of chuckling about it. We were in our own little private group kind of ch- talking about it. And I have friends who are game video game developers. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, this happens all the time. And I'm like, why (laughs) you know why don't you like this stuff like yes things can get not go your way and you get frustrated from time to time but but when you think about how intricate this whole thing is they've built it's pretty impressive man absolutely it's stunningly impressive and it takes it keeps it keeps you employed effectively yes it keeps me doing a show for 10 plus years you know uh and, and and we have more to go. And it's like, wow, it just keeps evolving. It, it blows my mind every time I think about it. So the uh, the things that I, I love, uh, just to kind of like add on to what you're saying there is, uh, talking about first the facets of where you can go, right? Like there's, I was talking to uh, Cullen. Uh, he's uh, the video, he's our video editor the uh-huh. other day about it, right? Uh, and we're talking about terrain channels and the terrain channels and then painting channels and then competition within that youtuber sphere yeah uh and how it's it is competition yet it's not because you know what if one if one only makes dioramas whereas the other one only focuses on barricades whereas one only focuses on painting high quality stuff whereas one is like horde painting and there's there's so many different facets and And, and i don't know anybody who's so loyal to a youtube channel that they only watch that youtube channel i don't know if that exists honestly yeah yeah i mean of course not hey i want to uh i want to build a hill with a ruin on it oh this guy's got a tutorial for how to build a ruin okay cool oh this guy's got tutorials for how to build hills okay oh this guy has something that does both of them oh that looks really complicated the way he did that maybe i like this piece of it like everybody kind of pulls pieces together when i painted my ultramarines army i looked at a dozen different youtubers on how they painted ultramarines and i took some from one thing and some from another thing and pieced together my own thing you know yeah um yeah so nobody's that loyal that like and that's the thing with podcasting too it's like it used to be there used to be like a lot of kind of infighting among podcasters like in the younger days i don't think it's so much now right um and it was just like you know guys there's this audience for all of us like it's yep i'm not competing against any of you um at the beginning of the show you said oh one of the largest i don't know if that's true anymore i don't you know we haven't put out an episode in a month because we've just been unable to line up work schedules and all that thing and right and um and finally this saturday we've scheduled okay finally we're gonna get to record and I'm like, I wonder if we can do two. You know, there's no way. But, um, you know, it, it is what it is. And real life rears its head. And none of this, well, I would say none of us, except you are, uh, in this for our main business. Um, ex- except you, obviously. I'm not. When you say so none I'm of not... us, do you mean none of the independent <laughs> characters? 
Is that what you mean? No, none of the independent characters are. And, um, and, and certainly I know very few podcasters who this is their livelihood. Right. Right. Or YouTubers who this is their livelihood. There's a, there's a fair amount. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Now there are, uh, and yeah. have, have been for a few years. But the interesting thing is, I think, and it's the same thing in the comedy world. Like comedians get very competitive with each other. And if somebody does well, all of a sudden they're like, how come he's doing well and I'm not? It doesn't matter. Like the audience is there. And if you're putting out the content that the audience wants to see, they'll come see it. And that's you know? it. Yeah. That's yeah. just it. And it's it's not like I'm happy to help out anybody we can. I, I tend to not uh, – not, uh, uh, like when new podcasts come to us and they're like, Oh, we have this new podcast and can you advertise? I'm like, well, how about you get a few episodes under your belt and then we'll talk, you know, because podcasts come and go pretty quickly. Right. Um, yeah. As it's a lot of work, but yeah, yeah, I don't know how I got on this tangent, but it's interesting that um, there really isn't any competition here. Like all of these people can all there. It's a huge, it's a huge uh, uh, sea of, of material you can pull from. So I think that like, uh, if there were, let's say there's two, two channels, uh, in my case, let's say two bat rep channels, right? There's my channel yeah. and then another one. Right. And, uh, it's, it would be incredibly hard for us both to produce the exact same content. Oh my God. How could you? Right. Even if it was really the same, we are showing the same, same, same two armies, even the same two armies. You're right. Right. Like it would be very hard. <laughs> uh, but let's say it was similar. Yeah. E even still, right. That was similar. Uh, I think those two channels would be would best serve each other if they actually did a crossover for sure yeah they would bolster each other's audiences and for sure and then and and, and maybe great. open the door to new new experiences right yeah for sure and i mean it's interesting because you know there's inspiration kind of everywhere you were just mentioning how you kind of looked at what joe rogan was doing and you were like oh it's kind of this format uh we do a, a a show occasionally called the warrior lodge where i pull in three or four people and i have a list of topics uh that are maybe current in the community or something and i'm like let's talk about these topics in kind of a moderated forum environment i become the moderator i maybe give my opinion a little bit but primarily i'm interested in what they're saying mm -hmm. uh and you know and uh, and because it's new voices sometimes on the show i'll be like okay great steve what did you have to say so that like people know that's steve talking now yeah. um and that whole format, I was cruising home one day. <clears throat> and usually if you get too many people on a podcast, it's very cumbersome. Like the people talk over each other and such. Yeah. Uh, but I was driving into work one day and I was listening to like NPR and they have a show called Forum where it's just a moderated discussion about a topic and they have, you know, two or three guests on. And I was like, why couldn't you do that? in in a in a podcast format well you absolutely can absolutely. and so i literally lifted that format and i was like let's apply a 40k lens to this and see how it goes yeah it's very popular yeah and you how know? long you've been doing that now oh years like probably six years okay yeah. and that's your it's just certain episodes we do certain and sometimes like, so uh and sometimes uh we have a patreon uh one of the things i'll do uh, i've done once but i want to do again is I go to our Discord channel, which is only available to Patreon subscribers, and I'll say, I'll say, hey, who's interested in participating in a Warrior Lodge episode? And I pull in three, basically, g listeners of our show to talk about 
their thoughts on these things, you know, and usually it's kind of a follow up to um, to uh, topics we t- covered on the show so that our listeners have a voice in, in what we're saying as well. Right. Which which really goes towards our main objective of the show, which was make you feel like a part of our gaming group. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and I mean, you've definitely done that. Which is which is great. I mean, I felt it too when I listened to your. It might have been one of those episodes because I remember there was multiple people on the episode. Yeah, it's probably it's 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 pretty fun to do, and it's pretty fun to hear other people's opinions on it, even when I don't necessarily agree with those. And in fact, it's better it's if better. actually I don't, or those people have different opinions. Uh, uh, one of the problems I I have sometimes is coming up with topics that are <laughs> that my gaming group isn't going to just be like, yeah, we're. We're all on board with that, Carl. All right, next next topic. Uh, how do we feel about cheating in 40K? It's bad. Yeah, it's bad. Okay, next topic. <laughs> yeah, you have to have something that has a little substance and, and I don't want to say drama, but that maybe I only want to paint, play with painted models. Well, I think it's okay if we do this. Well, I don't agree. You know, I mean, that's, it's all opinion. So what does it really matter? Yeah, I mean, I mean that's, that's the fun of it, though, is that discussion. Um, so just one last thought here uh, before we go, before yeah. we wrap up. And I want to get your, your thoughts on this because of uh, how you like to play and how, how involved you are with the community. Uh, do you ever, uh, when it comes to the lore, mm-hmm. because of how rich the lore is, do you ever feel like the characters are are larger than life in the sense that like, you know, we talk about them almost like they're real people. <clears throat> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, yeah, I absolutely, I absolutely know what you mean. Yeah, uh, uh, the, the way you talk about Karn, or the way I, yeah. I talk about Armin, right? Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like you, you go to the gym and you're working out, and then you make a selfie post, and they're like, "Oh, okay, you're building your Karn arm," and you know, stuff, <laughs> stuff like that, right? Like, it's just it becomes so ingrained and so a part of us that it's it becomes cultural. And it's like it kind of infuses with our thoughts. Yeah. Like we we become war gamers in that we're it's a way yeah. of life. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I have one friend that no matter what I may post on Facebook, um, he always ties it back to me and 40k. And I'm like, you know, I'm so much more than just Warhammer 40k. Like I have a lot going on in my life, right? Uh, I have a lot of this is probably my main hobby, but I have other things I like to do. And then I have family and I have a house and I have a car, you know, I mean like there's life. And, and so I'm always like, is this, this guy thinks like, that's all I am is 40 K. Cause like, it'll be like a thread and all my family's responding. And he's like, yeah, just like Armin or, you know, something. And And I'm like, okay. You know? So yeah, I do think, um, it's, it's a part of my vernacular, mm-hmm. right? Like, uh, a, a day does not go by that. I do not probably talk or think about 40 K at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, some days more than others, obviously, but, um, but yeah, it's definitely, and the characters themselves, I think it's actually a little bit of a detriment to the, um, to the overall kind of story of 40k in my mind How so? as much as much as i love karn and i love abbott uh, you know abaddon and i love uh, uh uh armin um the galaxy is is a 
massive, massive place. Uh-huh. I mean, bigger than we can really conceive. And I think I talked about this last time too. And I think it was Graham McNeil written a story and this, uh, this guy was out by the, you know, the edge of the galaxy. And there's kind of just like blackness beyond that. And like you, they were out in the very fringes of this. And it wasn't until that point that I was like, yeah, wow. The scale of this is so big. Mm-hmm. Realistically, what impact does Armin have on the whole galaxy? Now, one could say, hmm, Abad- you know, Abaddon or Abaddon or however you want to say it, uh, split the galaxy in half, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. People, it's so funny because people are always like, oh, he's he's a failure in both. Um, I don't know anybody else who's had a singular impact on the galaxy like this one character so far. Yeah. I mean, except maybe Horace kicking off the whole heresy but but he was tricked into it whereas abaddon worked at this and yeah some of it's been retconned so that it's you know works out the way it is but uh but literally the galaxy is split in half because of his actions yeah right and uh nobody else can claim that so when you say oh he's failed because he hasn't gone to terra yet yet right that's right yet um i think the thing that they do kind of poorly in all honesty uh and ADB and I have talked a little bit about this because I think um, the Emperor Spears uh, uh, novel he wrote is a really good look at what's going on behind that veil, what's on the other side of the rent in the galaxy at this point, and it's not pretty. Hmm. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, if if 40k is post-apocalyptic, that's post-post post-apocalyptic over on that side of of the of the veil and uh, or the Cicatrix Maledictum, mm-hmm. and. Um, <clears throat> And I I think the focus in just like the general 40K stuff is, look, there's new Primaris Marines and there's new uh, uh, grab vehicles and this kind of thing. And and, and a buddy kind of pointed out to me that towards the end of World War II, Germany was still doing a whole lot of inventing and and development of war machines. And then that didn't work out so well for them Hmm. at the end of World War II. Uh, So things are very bad in the imperium right now although it doesn't it doesn't ever feel like that to me Hmm. by the codex writing um yeah like it's worse than ever but they're not emphasizing that enough i don't think and and what what impact does somebody like you know inquisitor Locke or or you know uh uh or uh armin or or sergeant so-and-so of, of the imperial guard you know what, what impact do they really have nothing they're just kind of guys we kind of latch on to to kind of show us around what's going on right does that make sense yeah like, no. I, I know i'm a little off topic there but it's interesting the characters i think take up a little too much of, of our thought and time here yeah no that does make sense um carl thanks again for being on the show dude always a pleasure thank you so much for having me uh you know you know i love you guys so uh as soon as I can make it out there, we'll make it out there. But it looks yeah. like it'll be a while. And for those of you who are tuning in uh, or watching this after the fact, check out Carl on the uh, independentcharacters.com. Yeah. Yeah. And also on Facebook, same thing. Uh, yep. go, go to the website or listen to it on. All uh, the links are from the independentcharacters.com. You yeah. can find it all from there. Yeah, you'll find yeah. it all there. Awesome. And, and thanks. Thanks. And uh, we'll see you next time. And thank you guys for tuning in. Stay tuned next week, 1 p.m. Eastern time for the Shrine of Chaos. <laughs>